Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. Under a capitalistic system, you're free to make almost any kind of a contract with anyone. Freedom of contract. Competition, profit motive, private property. And what do they all add up to? Free enterprise. Well, that's what capitalism is. A system of free enterprise. Well, now tell us what free enterprise means. It means that you can go into business wherever and however you please. Anybody can go into any business. Any legal business, that is. So three days later, all four junior class officers were called to Mr. Ricca's office. We were just one week into the school year and he wanted a get to know the junior class officers meeting. Or so we thought. $1,382.79 and you're out of time. He seemed almost pleased to say that. There was nothing friendly in his tone with us. It was like we were being called to task for, for something we didn't do. And then Jan said, What do you mean out of time? How are we out of time? It's September and we have a year. (laughs) Proms are booked a year out. There are only so many places in this area that can handle large events and you have four other districts to compete with. Surely your outgoing president told you this? No. That's a shame. If I were all of you, I'd put together a gym decorating committee. The gym? Oh, no way. The numbers don't lie, Becca. There has to be a way. The numbers don't lie. It seemed that the issue was decided. The prom would be in the gym and that was it. I told him we would take this up with our class advisor, Miss Halladin, and Ricco welcomed it. Hear that? That was the sound of being ripped off. The first time as a kid I remember getting the bait and switch. You bought into something but you got something else. That's how I felt leaving Ricka's office that day. I think we all felt that way. We were class officers and he treated us like we were clerks. He saw us as little fundraisers and bad ones at that. The prom was nothing to him. And in comparison to his athletics, student government was just silliness. Ricka, Hines, the administration, they were the government of the school. They ran the student body. Anything we proposed was seen as quaint. We were just figureheads. Class president was just a title. I thought I was coming into office to unite a class, to make real change, and instead, I was nothing more than a candy salesman. The four of us took a meeting with Halladin later that day. She had class, but she met with us in a back room where she stored the food and supplies for for cooking classes. You know, the pantry. I thank you for my erection. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. Yosh did his best offensive Japanese stereotype voice to loosen up the tension. Funny. Halladin finally met with us after keeping us waiting for over 15 minutes. In addition to teaching, 
She had been powwowing with Stacy Kimmons, the new student council president. I guess Stacy took priority. Mr. Ricka told me about your meeting. The numbers don't lie. Uh-oh. She and Ricka were on the same page. That numbers don't lie line told me that her mind was made up as well. The prom was going to be in the gym. It was decided for us. What if we jacked up candy prices? Two dollars for a candy bar. We could do a bikini car wash. Oh, I'll do it. You can't do that for a fundraiser. What about a tithe? Like uh, churches? Money has to come from approved school fundraisers through Mr. Ricka's office or donations. Donations? What kind of donations? If someone wanted to make a cash donation to your class, but who would donate almost $9,000? There are two dozen kids who owe money to the class for candy sales. Almost $2,000 worth. I mean, can't we get them to pay up? Just hold their report cards or something? You can't do that. It's not something you can enforce. So, I can eat 50 bucks worth of candy and just not pay for it? Remind me to pick up a box of candy to sell for the band. I'm hungry. Channel your energy into a gym decorating committee. You also have a float to build for November homecoming. Focus on that. We're going to get this money. No, you're not. We don't have free enterprise. Just bureaucratic red tape. I was driving now. I got my license only days after I turned 16. I was working back at the movie theater, pulling late nights on the weekends and weekdays. School was in full force, and yet there was still no plan in place for raising nine grand for our prom. And that's where I want to take a moment, because it was after those meetings with Halladin and Ricka that something occurred to my 16-year-old self. I spent a summer writing speeches, Speeches to tackle the first concern I had as a class president, and that was school spirit and class morale. In fact, here's one of the actual speeches that I wrote. A new proposal is in the making and starting the final stages of development. It is indeed a fundraiser, but at the same time, a bit of change of pace for some of the new members. I do not need to remind any of the members of the government or the class itself that we are in desperate need of funds. And at the mentioned time, May 26, 1983, we are even behind the incoming sophomore class financially. This is an embarrassment to the class and the entire system of the student government itself. These new ideas are a change of pace and in my views, efficient to bring in the money that we so desperately need to ensure us of a healthy account and a prosperous prom. I will need the council's full advice on any alterations that seem fit or unjust portions that should be altered in order to pass this proposal. In order to put the entire plan of my treasury recovery plan into effect, I must have the full and cooperative support of the class itself. The school administration itself must pass this and thus explains the reasons for any amendments that seem just. I look back at the words that I wrote and I was so trying to sound like Ronald Reagan. I really thought that student government was going to be far more than just hawking candy. And I really wanted it to be. But after the first class meeting where kids were hey. yelling over the amount in our hey. class account, I saw that this had very little to do with governing. 
I wanted to bring our class together, but instead, I was really installed as an overglorified fundraiser. Not to make changes to benefit the student body. There were no opportunities to create laws, make listing changes to how the school would interact with kids. My job was to sell shit and pay for a prom. And that's when I think I got my first real twinge of cynicism. That's why Ricca was so dismissive. To him, all of this was a joke. We were salesmen, no different than a kid in band selling candy to raise money for uniforms. That meant that they likely felt the same way about Stacy Kimmons and student council. I think that's what I saw in Joanne's eyes when she handed everything over to me. It wasn't defeat, it was cynicism. She got a bait and switch too. She ran for office for one thing, she got another. The degree of social acceptance that each teenager experiences leaves its mark on his personality pattern. Lack of social acceptance can leave emotional scars. I got my 1978 Ford Maverick for my 16th birthday and I wasted no time driving that sweet ride to school. We parked in the lot up by the stadium and walked down to the school. Mick and the other football players, with likely Scalzo being the mastermind, like to take Allison, the rooster's little car, and flip it on its back in the middle of the soccer field. They called it turtling. And Allison would spaz out when she would find her car literally upside down in the middle of that field. Stop turtling my car, you assholes. Now, two weeks later, Uncle Mo took his kids on their first field trip. Morris, Uncle Mo Lipsky, was the half-assed Indiana Jones of our school. He loved archaeology, but the VCR was the teacher in his class. All he wanted to do was travel the world and dig. He supported his future travels by taking student gifts, which was pretty much straight-up bribery. Field trip. Come on. His field trip was a walk across the room to the window to look out at his green pickup truck sitting down in the faculty parking lot below. You see that green pickup? That's where you make donations. They help me with my summer digging trips. It's always unlocked. You can receive full credit on assignments, and depending on the size of your donation, maybe the whole course. If you choose to do the assignments, they go in that basket. He pointed to a basket on the top of his desk. And with that, he opened a bottom file drawer. Make sure names are on everything for full credit. I like whiskey. Haven't had Cuban cigars in a while. I prefer green pictures of dead presidents and founding fathers. But you can always let a little something drop on my desk. Now Moe's just let a little something drop on my desk would become a Westwood catchphrase for Grease My Palm. Uncle Mo took bribes, and he was not ashamed of it. A donation could get you out of a class, a paper, a test, but bigger donations could get you an A for the year without even having to come to class. Some kids brought him cigars. Others brought in full bottles of whiskey, and still others had envelopes of cash, and it all went in that bottom drawer in his desk. The best story were the kids who painted his house one summer. They passed the entire three years of different courses with him, 
and never came to class once. Ah, the 80s. Know yourself. Examine your motives. Know what you're doing and why you're doing it. If your intentions aren't honest, then your deed can't be completely honest. Things were indeed different in the 80s. We had a rifle team after school. An archery with real arrows in gym class. Under normal circumstances, this might be okay, but in Willie's class, well, that was trouble looking for a home. Willie, our gym teacher, was a great guy, a nice man, but I always felt he was the Rodney Dangerfield of Westwood. He got no respect. His real name was William Cullen, but the kids just started calling him Willie. That was going on years before we came to the high school. He didn't seem to mind it and took the informality in stride. However, kids just kind of did what they wanted in his class, so structure went out the window. Now add Scalzo to that class, and you have a recipe for disaster. Scab! Don't shoot until I say. These are real aluminum-tipped arrows, and then cause real damage. We had a kid a few years back who lost an eye from screwing around. Scalzo pretended to struggle with the bow and arrow and asked, How the hell do you shoot your eye out with a bow and arrow? He didn't do it to himself. Some other kid was screwing around. Well, you should clarify that, Willie. No wonder you don't have a girlfriend. Willie might as well have called Scalzo a counterman that day. Willie ran back to a fallen bullseye target that tipped over from the wind. Scalzo instantly loaded an arrow into the bow and pointed it into the sky over Willie's direction. Scalzo looked back to see who was with him. And just like that, like some medieval movie, a bunch of archers raised their armed bows into the air. They drew back as I stood and watched in horror. Heads up, Willie! Jesus Christ! About a dozen arrows went up into the sky and started their arc toward the ground and our gym teacher. Willie dodged a rain of aluminum-tipped arrows piercing the grass. He ran for his life, clipboard held over his head. You could hear the Benny Hill theme as he zipped across that field. Everyone seems to act childish sometimes, but I don't understand just why. Well, it's partly because of the way we grow up. Different parts of our personality just grow at different rates. Some of us never grow up entirely. Movies made out high school to be this incredibly crazy wild place. Lots of beer, girls, wild times, fast times. So far, I'd been underwhelming, but I did feel I made progress. I mean, I got elected. I was known, but now the question was, known for what? I hadn't done anything of any real substance. I expected to stand in student council delivering some Lincoln oratory masterpiece that would bring standing ovations from the Senate floor. I had hopes this clout would get me into the chalet to get a girl as hot as Becca Stan. Instead, it was dot matrix spreadsheets, bank account statements, and now deadlines for even finding a place off campus for our prom. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. No, numbers don't lie, but people do. Know yourself. Find the truth. Express the truth. Make sure you say what you mean to say. 